Guys, I'm so excited for you to join me today in this podcast. I've got Spencer Chambers from Chambers 911 that has an amazing, just crazy story to tell and lots of good information. So let's go. Grinding harder does not guarantee growth. It does guarantee fatigue and frustration, just like trying to pedal faster on a bicycle with a square wheel. My name is Brad Parnell, and with over 12 years of entrepreneurship highs and lows, I share real stories, tips, and tactics to help your business and life get to the next level. Grind Less is a movement about following proven plans that drive results. What is up, everyone? It is finally Friday. I am here with my buddy, Spencer Chambers, who is an entrepreneur, a real estate mogul, owner of Chambers 911, an author, all around just super cool dude. He just moved here to Colleyville, which is right around where we're at in DFW, um, from California, and super excited to have him here with us. He, he just came in a little while ago for a digital transformation, so we helped him with his website, we're helping him with some marketing, but he's got such a cool story to share, and I think with the theme of our podcast of being grind less and grow more, he has really perfected the art of automation and working smarter and not harder, so ladies and gentlemen, we got Spencer Chambers here. Spencer, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, buddy, I appreciate it, and uh, I'm honored to be on the show. Honored that you have me, and I'm really happy with uh, our partnership we're doing here with uh, RP1 and doing the digital transformation. Uh, my webpage went from like zero, maybe negative five, to like 150. <laughs> so I'm really happy, and all in like 48 hours. So really, really happy on the speed there. I love it, man. We, ha- we had a good time. We, we literally spent two days on whiteboards and screens, and I think we were both kind of like cross-eyed and about to fall over after day two but we got it done i was energized i don't know about you i was like finally i could sleep at night because it was all in my head just swirling of how i wanted it and you guys just made it happen so that was that was kind of cool it was almost like giving birth for me like i'm not joking i like i haven't given birth and don't plan on it but uh (laughs) but uh you know, like you go in and it's like kind of painful, and, but you're ready to get over with, but you know it's going to kind of suck a little bit. Uh, but then at the end, you're like super happy with it because you created something great. That's literally what it was like with the website. Man, that's so good. And I, th- I think if we think about it really, like anything that's good and high quality and worthwhile in our lives, it takes a little bit of pain and a little bit of work. Nothing comes just Dude, there's super- no Instagram, Insta famous, none of that crap. Like it's not real. And I'm wearing Louis Vuitton loafers. Like, I didn't get them off Instagram. I made money by doing what I do, which is not a glamorous job. Yeah, so, so tell us about that. So, guys, Spencer's with Chambers 911. Um, I, I'd love for you to kind of walk, walk listeners through what, what do you do, how do you make money, and how do you make other people money? Yeah, so I have Chambers 911, which is a restoration companies, flood and fire. So if your house burns down or if your toilet overflows from those Clorox wipes you've been flushing down the toilet, you're going to call a company. It's probably going to be me because Brad has put me in front of you on Google, by the way. But uh, once you come in, then your insurance is going to pay for that, right? So we bill your insurance and then we'll clean up the mess. We'll cut off the drywall, pretty much terrorize your house for 30 days. And then we'll put it all back together. So that's kind of what we do. We're now in um, actually the East Coast, West Coast, and now Central, which is kind of cool. So we're expanding across the entire country. 
and we're already there. We're just kind of infiltrating the rest of the markets. Um, so we're looking for drivers. It's kind of like, you know, the Uber model. So I have the leads, we have the training, we have the products and uh, the ability to build the insurance, all that stuff. What we need is we need the people that can go into the houses and help their neighbors, help their communities, and get them in a time of need and be their first line of defense to just be like, hey, it's okay, we're gonna be fine. We deal with this every day. It's crazy, I know, be empathetic with them. And then the reality is, we're gonna get, make money, right? So just like Uber, I'm gonna, you're gonna get a call. Hey, you got a flood, it's in Missouri. You need to get out there, because that's your territory. It's your neighbor down the street. You go in, do the service, we do the billing, all that stuff, we have a system, all that, and you get paid. Like, that's literally what it is. So let, let's back up a little bit, because you're, you're a very, very successful in your business. You're a young guy. You've been in real estate. You, you've done a lot of stuff. Kind of walk us through the story, Spencer. When did you originally get bitten by this entrepreneur bug? How did you get started in entrepreneurship? So I don't think I was really bitten. I think I was more born. Some people would say cursed with it. So I can remember being, you know, five to eight years old, laying awake in bed trying to figure out how to make money or some crazy business to wash windows or mow lawns or whatever it was, flavor of the month. And so figuring out like, where can I make money? And it's through adding value to somebody else, by the way, is what I found out. It's money is exchanging hands when problems are solved, right? So the neighbors need their lawn mode because it's all long and shaggy and they have a broken hip. Guess what? You're six, go figure it out and get a lawnmower and go mow their lawn. That's just natural, right? So I think that's how I kind of got into it. And then I evolved. I got my face smashed in a few hundred times to figure out what doesn't work. And then I've had a few, two or three that did work, right? So I just didn't give up. And I just loved the game. Like we were talking about off air here, like stock it market. Like, I get excited over $100 in Bitcoin right now is like $40,000 and I put a dollar in. Like, it, it, I'm not gonna make a return. Even if it goes to 100,000, I might make like, what, 80 cents? But I'm still excited about that because I doubled my money. So it's a percentages game. But I just love the game. Like, it, you can't get me out of it. What was your very first solo entrepreneur job? So, or let me ask you this. Did you ever have a, a nine to five? Salary. I tried that. I tried. I really tried. I couldn't do it. What, so what did you do? What was the your... first one? I was uh, Abercrombie and Fitch when it was big. I was one of their models. Very not happy to say that, but you, you were an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Yeah, during like the holiday season. It was, wow. and then I was like, well, this was kind of fun, but not my style at all. I thought it would be, but it wasn't. And then. Um, from there, I don't remember what I did. Oh, I did work at Starbucks, but that's not really nine to five, I don't feel like. And I only work like uh, two days a week at night. So it wasn't that hard. And it was in Palm Springs, so it's not like people were so, coming in at night. So, so let me get this right. So you went from, so we're talking about like Abercrombie and Fitch model, Starbucks barista, and now you're in this like flood and fire world how what was the thing that made you switch how did how did you go from 
from Abercrombie and Fitch to Restoration Flood and Fire. How long do we have for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, give, give us the give us the so, quick journey. I I grew up in construction, but I like fashion. I like to look good. I just enjoy really spending money. I think is what it is, and enjoy. I enjoy quality, really. Like even tools, clothes. Like I just want the best, right? And so I think that's where it started. So my parents were builders and developers. So they build properties, custom homes. We lived in like a 9,000 square foot house. Um, that being said, we had to give it up because my dad fell off the roof. My point is it wasn't sustainable. That's a whole nother story. Um, but the way I got here is I just kind of do what I like. Like if I like it, I'll try it. And so I, I really like cooking. I like Starbucks. I liked fashion. I hated construction. I kind of still hate construction. But I think more is I don't like what goes along with construction, that you're always grinding. Kind of like being a real estate agent, which I was as well for a little bit. Uh, I tried that out. And it's just you're constantly grinding, looking for a new client. There's no sustainability. There's no long-term nurture care, residual clients, money, all that. Like, it's just you got a seven-year cycle. People usually move every seven years, right? That's statistics on real estate agents. So you're going to literally grind for seven years and then maybe get a referral from somebody who bought from me last time. So it's just not, I don't like that model. Fashion, I went into fashion. I traveled the world doing fashion. I had a brand, it's a $12 million fashion brand in Brazil. I uh, met my partner on the street of uh, Peru in La Cumar, like crazy shit. Um, hopefully we can custom this. It's not <laughs> here, here we get. But okay. anyway, um, and then, you know, my parents went in construction. They taught me what not to do, quite frankly. I hated it because of the way that they ran the company. It was very mom and pop. And I wanted to be corporate. I wanted to own Starbucks. I didn't want to work for Starbucks. So I had to figure out systems, procedures. Like, now I know what that is. But at the time, I just needed to know. Like, I knew how to run a business because I saw my parents do it. But I didn't know how to run a real business. What, what kind of business were your parents in? Developer. Okay. Construction. But they were the ones doing the construction. Yeah. Like, they were design, built, design and built. My dad built it. My mom designed it. Like, yeah. it was a good process, mom and pop. But when my dad fell off the roof in 2009... They stopped building. My mom could design, but they couldn't build. So then what? They don't have a business. Mm. So they didn't really have a business. They had a job that they had freedom in, but they still had to work. So so you went on a journey from you know fashion model, barista, and now doing construction, which was family-owned business. And you've written a book, too, that's, that's really highlighting some of the emphasis about like automation and processes. And to be honest, like the more I've gotten to know Spencer and just spending time with him and him just really going deep into systems, standard operating procedures, processes is affording him to be able to do a lot more with a lot, lot less in terms of just like time and grind. So walk us through a little bit of, about that. What, what was the ignition or spark to you to where it wasn't just about, you know, working hard and grinding and just going and going and going to like, I'm going to pause and actually work on standing operating procedures, systems, writing a book, so I don't have to continue this grind for the rest of my life. I think the word is intentional congruency. I hate the work-life balance and all that crap. Like, it's not gonna happen. You talk to my wife, I'm always working. 
but I'm always working at home, so I'm with the family. Now my present, that's a different story. But the reality is, it's intentional congruency. So we like traveling. So my wife works with a major airline. I want a private jet, why? So I can travel more, we like it. I also have a national company, so I can travel. Like we enjoy the everything, we designed our life. Like we said, what do we want? And how do we want it? And then build something around it that fits, right? I don't, I hate when people, oh, I can't do this because I got to work. Bullshit. It's the 21st century. Figure it out. Like, don't dictate your life around work. Dictate your work around your life. Like, that's the key. Like, and in order to do that, you have to step back and design it. You have to free yourself from the mundane bullshit of the day and say, what do I actually want? Like, how do I want it? And be courageous enough to go actually say it. Like, admit it to yourself first. If you admit it to yourself, then then we're starting somewhere. You might be able to tell your wife or your business partner or whatever the next day. But at least write down, okay, what do I really want? I think if you ask half, the, more than half the people, they don't know what they really want. They're just doing what comes natural and easy, which is good, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you really look into, like, at the deepest level, what do I want, and why do I want it, right? Does it work into that master plan of how I want my life to look like when my kids are in college, and it's just me and my wife? What do I want my life to look like then? I want to freaking travel around my different houses that I own and just enjoy my life doing business deals where I have always said, I don't want to get paid for my time. I hate that part. I only time for paid for my brain. Mm. And so if I can think of how do I get paid for my brain, I would see these people make money that just didn't equate to, oh, I made $50 an hour, $120 an hour, $500 like, no, that's not how mega, mega wealthy people think. They think, do I want to do this? Yes. Is it within my skill set? Yes. Will it make me money? Yes. Do they care how much? No, because they know their value, right? So, like, you look at these guys, like, they're not thinking about hours and money and dollars and, and time and all. They're just thinking, what do I like? What am I good at? You got to be good at one thing, right? Get your Keller's book. One thing. I want to get paid for my brain. So, so I think lots of, lots of nuggets here. One of the important things that you brought up, Spencer, that I think is really important for all of us to, to pause and think through is, is it's the idea of starting with the end in mind. Yeah, begin with the end in mind. So, Super important. So if, if you can take an hour, a weekend, an evening, stop everything else and actually think about, like create that, even like a, we have a mutual friend that's a business coach too that, that talks about creating kind of that visual board of like, what do you want and when do you want it, you can actually design your life to match those things as opposed to just floating by. Because Spencer, would you agree that our life naturally goes towards a state of chaos and disorganization? We have to be intentional about creating these systems and processes and getting getting to that end goal. That doesn't happen by accident. Yes, I agree. But I don't think you need to be rigid. Right, we're not militant, right? Today I woke up at, I don't know, I don't even know what time I wake up. I guess that's the point. 
right? Whatever time I woke up, I woke up. Did I work today? Yes. Did I work my ass off? Absolutely. But do I know what time I woke up? No, right? It, it's living life like I want to live. I'm, I think I woke up early this morning, actually, for once because my son woke me up for school. But the reality is I just get to do what I want. So I think if, if I can go back one little rewind, if you can be so audacious, and this is crazy out in left field, but do this exercise. If you want something, like literally, if you can understand the feeling it will give you at the end when you receive it, okay? So we're talking about what do you really want? Do you want to sit at a beach and have a beach house? Okay, so then here's a, here's a really, really good way. It's called Law of Attraction. Some think it's real, some think it's not. I don't really care, but the reality is I've done it and it worked for me. Maybe it works for you, great. But if you can sit on the beach in your mind, maybe you're 16 listening to this and like, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna get there, but I know I'm gonna have a beach house. So sit there on the beach in your mind for an hour a day. Like, feel the sun rays. What color chair are you sitting in? Who's sitting next to you? What does the sun look like? Where is it in the sky based on the time of day? Like, literally get so descriptive to where you can taste the freaking sea air. If you can get to that point, and you can consistently get to that point. Maybe it's not every day, right? But you know what it feels, tastes, and what the, the emotion, what you're trying to do is you're triggering your emotions. Because your, your emotions don't know if it's real or fake, right? When you get in a car wreck and you feel like you're, holy shit, somebody just almost hit me versus somebody actually hit me, your emotions dump chemicals, the adrenals start flowing, just like somebody hit you, even if they didn't. Your emotions don't know if it's real or not. But if you can mentally be in charge of your mind and go to that place and get the emotions to trigger of you sitting on the beach, your stress level is going to go down. Everything's going to be there like you're retired, like you're living your best life, right? That's really living your best life. But then you'll only be able to enjoy the journey. That's the difference. You're not gonna be hustling, grinding just to do it. You're knowing where you're gonna go there. You're attracting what you want versus just getting what you get. And then you're actually gonna make it. I guarantee you will get whatever that is. Yeah, you know, th that, that reminds me, I, I love the idea of the law of attraction and it's that book, um, Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. That is, if, if you're listening and you have not read that book, you need to go to Amazon and buy that book right now and read it because look it, and it's hokey I'm a, I'm gonna admit it it seems hokey I get it it's weird I agree but somehow it works yeah and I, I mean I think it's it's almost like you know there, there's um, there's actually a pastor that I listen to a lot uh, Craig Rochelle with Life Church and he talks about you know your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts and desires. And I think that applies in the law of attraction. Yeah, it's for, the same thing. For wh where you are thinking and spending most of your, your time mentally, what you're thinking about and what you're desiring, if you can focus that on what you actually want, it's that law of attraction. 
you will get closer to it and get it because that is what you're you're focused on and passionate on. So, um, I agree. Spencer, tell us a little bit about. So, you wrote a book, and you yeah, and I talked two, about two books. Two books. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about those books and um, how, how that can inspire some of these listeners here. So, I wrote a book first called Dating Your Investments. It kind of tells my story, my journey, how I went to build a hundred million dollar. Uh, rental portfolio for a client with a group of three others on my team and so I was in charge of guess what systems and procedures creating those to keep those um, apartments because that's what they were at scale you have to be in apartments to, to kind of generate that wealth but um, I had to make sure they were full leased which is cash flow so I was in charge of bringing in all the cash flow essentially for the company Right, and so I had to build systems, procedures, had salespeople, had on-site uh, management, like just had to figure out how to coordinate all this stuff, right? And so I also talk about in this book, like, okay, let's just start small, like it's dating, like, can you date? Yeah, go on Tinder, find something, try it out, swipe left, swipe right. I don't know how it goes, but I'm getting old. Uh, see, see how it goes and see if you like it. The translation of that is go on Zillow or Redfin and look at real estate. I like that house. Let's save it. Push the little heart on Zillow and then go drive by there. See if you like it. If you do, call the agent. You don't need the representation. Let them double in the deal. They're going to be your friend. Now they're working for you, but they have the inside scoop. It's perfect, right? So it, then it progresses. Okay, now I really like this thing. I'm going to get married, meaning you're going to buy it. Then you have grandchildren, buy more properties, all the above. So that's the first book called Dating Your Investments. The next one I wrote is called Automate to Dominate. And this is pre-pandemic, by the way, that I wrote this book. And so what's that done has, has positioned me as like this guy that understands automating systems and procedures to allow them to exist and and run very smoothly without using robotics because it's all about using robo- um, the people you have you're not going to replace the people you're not going to replace them with robots but how to use the technology to assist and not replace them so that's a second book automate to nominate that's so good so what, what tips, so all of us, like entrepreneurs here, this podcast is for entrepreneurs. Um, we're both entrepreneurs. We're, we're working through how do we automate more, grind less. You yeah. figured out some great ways. I mean, you're, you're a living proof of doing that and writing books about it. So what would be, like, if you could go back, Spencer, let's say even 10 years ago and talk to the Spencer from 10 years ago and give yourself a tip or piece of advice, um, what, what would you tell yourself right now? Well, in order to dominate one, you have to be good. In order to automate, you have to program things, right? So the number one thing to be automated, to dominate, to do any of this stuff that we're talking about as entrepreneurs, not a entrepreneur, an actual guy that makes money or, or woman, you have to be good at something. And I'm not talking good. I'm talking the freaking best. Like, you need to be able to say, I am the best because of this. Maybe you're not the best in everything. That's cool. That's how it should be because that means you're niche. 
right? That means you can cut off a sliver of the market share for yourself and then you can own it. That's called dominating, right? So once you become that guy or girl and you spend two to five years doing that and you can replicate it now with other people, now let's put in some automation. Now let's put in system procedures and that's really simple at that point because all it is is just documenting your day. What do you do every day for a week? Because that's what makes you great, right? But you can't just make a system and procedure out of thin air and that's what we're gonna do because you don't have a freaking clue if it's gonna work, right? I have businesses that run nationally, okay? Wherever I'm at has no bearing on how the business goes. I could be in freaking France if they let me right now, but we're kind of closed down. So my Louis bag selection's gone a little down because I can't buy stuff overseas. Anyway, uh, but the point is, like, you have to be good at something. So if something happens in Seattle or something happens in Georgia and they have a question, hey, this burst pipe, this happened last week at 3 in the morning, by the way, you got to work all the time. So don't think it's just, oh, I'm, I did it, I have system procedures, and now I can set it and forget it. No, that's bullshit. You got to work. So 3 in the morning, I get a call from a guy in Seattle saying, hey, I can't stop this water. It's flowing in the house. I don't know what the problem is. I can't get it to stop. Well, what did I do? Because I was an expert, subject matter expert, I knew exactly what the problem was. I said, it's a sewer line, dude. You need to find the end. There's roofs or something blocking the sewer. It's allowing it to back up. Sewers don't just back up and spray water everywhere. That's just not what they do. If I didn't know any better, right, if I wasn't a subject matter expert, I would not be able to help him anymore because without even seeing it, just hearing it, diagnosing it, I knew. I'm not saying that I'm better than everybody. It's not, it's not a cocky or ego thing. It's just I have become a master at that one thing, at the craft, right? Like you can't be just, oh, yeah, I think this is probably what it is. Like throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. That's not how business works. You have to be a freaking monster and know your shit or go home or go work for somebody because quite frankly, it'd be way easier. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I worked for somebody. Yeah, so so I, I distill that down to, if so three, three specific things I would say is one, find really, take a deep dive and find internally what is your, what is your skill, what are you passionate about that you can be the it niche expert on and just own it, dominate it. We, we've got a, a joint business partner that says, you know, inch wide, mile deep that we're friends with. And I think that's true. Like when you can really figure out how to own a specific category of the market and just know that so well. So, you know, generalists get crushed and experts and professionals get paid. So what can you be the expert in? How can you scale? Um, and then it's, it's the thought. So buying, you know, think and grow rich, looking at some of Spencer's books, really getting into that right mindset. And then finally, it sounds like the ability to map out the end game of what do you actually want. I think the, the problem, and I've struggled with this too at some points of like, wh what do you actually want? Like, what does is, what is the end look like for you? I think so, so many of us are used just to go in the day-by-day -day routine and we have highs, we have lows, we get through. We check the box, but we and we might know what the end of the month or end of the year looks like, but we haven't really thought about like, where, where do I want to live? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want my like 
end of life. What do I want people to say about me? And I think that's so important because if if you don't do that, you're going to get like... What you get? What you get. (laughs) And it's going to be... You're probably going to... I'm going to tell you. Look at your parents. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Whatever they did. If you don't make a different change, right... It's probably just nature. It's what you saw. Your developmental years of life, that's ingrained in you. Unless you make a significant difference, and that takes a lot of courage, and your family probably going to be pissed, and they'll think you're too good. Whatever it is, I don't care. Like, if you want it, go get it. It's okay. Make you happy. So, Spencer, for everyone listening, if they want to connect with you, learn more about you, about your books, about what you're doing, what's the best place they can do that? Instagram, CEO Chambers. And I, I manage my own thing. I don't have people and assistants and all this crap. I, I used to. I'm over it. Like, I'm just here to make genuine relationships because I have a goal this year of making 25 millionaires. I've done it with two people already. And I'm going to do it through this vehicle, Chambers 911. It's called Becoming One of Us. And what we're doing is we're literally just making 25 millionaires out of doing hard, old school, brute labor. And if you don't think it's possible, good. Might not be for you. But if you just like, hey, let's check it out, you can go. Brad made the website, chambers911.com forward slash becoming one of us. And that's how we're going to make 25 millionaires this year. Love it. Guys, Spencer is the real deal. I'm getting to sit, sit next to him like shoulder to shoulder, which is awesome. I'm so glad that you're, you're here in Texas with your family. Um, love your passion and energy. And remember, guys, it's all about grinding less and growing more. That does not mean it's not going to take hard work and persistence. But the work that you should do should really be about creating those systems and processes so you're building and designing the life that you want. And you're not just grinding for the sake of grinding. So, Spencer, thanks so much for, for being here, man. I'm, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Thanks for providing so much insight and uh, direction for us. So, appreciate you and thank you. Dude, you're the man. Your team, Lorenzo. Natalie, Daniel, they're all the rock stars, so I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Spencer. Hey, so if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to rate and review and share this podcast. It would mean the world to me. So if you could write a quick review give it a five-star rating. And then if there's anyone you think that could be inspired or motivated by this lesson, please share it. That's how we grow. And thanks for your support.